Good morning, everyone. I'm R. W. Estella with a word in Edgewise. Today is the 4th of April, the 94th day of 2022, leaving us 271 days until 2023. Today in 1581, Francis Drake was knighted by Queen Elizabeth I aboard his ship, the Golden Hind, at Deptford, England. Today in 1789, the first United States Congress began regular sessions for the next two years at Federal Hall, New York City, during the presidency of George Washington. Today in 1832, Charles Darwin aboard the HMS Beagle reached Rio de Janeiro. Today in 1902, British businessman and politician Cecil Rhodes formed the noted scholarship fund with $10 million. Today in 1964, the Beatles' single Can't Buy Me Love went number one and stayed number one for five weeks. Today in 1968, the African-American civil rights activist Martin Luther King Jr. was assassinated by James Earl Ray at the Lorraine Hotel in Memphis, Tennessee, and subsequently riots broke out in over 100 U.S. cities. Today in 1975, Microsoft was founded as a partnership between Bill Gates and Paul Allen. Heavenward this morning in the southeast sky, about an hour before sunrise, reddish Mars and golden Saturn will be just to the right and slightly above predictably bright Venus. And this evening in the northwest sky, our burgeoning crescent moon will travel between the Pleiades star cluster to the right and the Hyades star cluster to the left, with the bright star Aldebaran making an appearance there as well. On other fronts, notable this past week has been the increasing prevalence of the BA2 variant of COVID Omicron. BA2, we might remember, is the relative of Omicron that is not a different enough strain in some respects to receive its own Greek alphabet letter, though it has now been found to be about 30% more contagious than the original Omicron variant and has been cited as a major contributor to rising virus rates in much of Europe. Concurrently this past week, the U.S. CDC released recommendations for Americans 50 years of age and above to receive a second booster dose of COVID vaccine if their first booster shots were at least four months ago. My girlfriend and I will most definitely be participating in that program. Meanwhile, the count of COVID continues. Here in the United States at the moment, we have 80 million cumulative cases of COVID since the first reported cases on January 21st, 2020, dividing that number by the total cases worldwide of about 489 million, we find that we in the U.S. now have roughly 16% of the world's cases of COVID, while we are only 4% of the world's population. 16%, however, is an improvement over the 17% of two weeks ago and the 20% of the world's cases we had in the U.S. during February. Elsewhere, in a somewhat distant second place to the U.S. stats, India has 44 million cases. In third place globally is Brazil with 30 million cases. Fourth place this past week goes to France, owing to its significant recent spike in cases, so that its total since the beginning of the pandemic is now 26 million. 
Tied for fifth place are the UK and Germany, each with 22 million cases. Sixth place goes to Russia with 18 million cases cumulatively since the beginning of the pandemic about 27 months ago. On the fatal front, worldwide deaths due to COVID are now at 6.2 million, while COVID deaths here in the United States are now at 981,000, up again at least 5,000 since last week. Not a huge number for some folks, only an average of 714 of our citizens dying per day from the virus. Not a big number unless someone close to you has succumbed to COVID. In other words, assuming a steady state of increase, as evidenced thus far, by this time next month, the United States will be at 1 million deaths due to COVID and continue to be the world leader in that horrific toll. On the bright side, though we continue to lead the world in COVID deaths, our weekly totals here in the U.S. have been steadily decreasing by more than 30% since February. A regular statistical teeter-totter it surely is. Worldwide, more than 10.9 billion doses of vaccine have been administered. Today, in 1908, in Greensboro, North Carolina, logging engineer Roscoe Murrow and his wife Ethel welcomed their new son Egbert into the world. Several years later, when Egbert finished college, he worked for an international student organization and then became a foreign correspondent for CBS Radio. Meanwhile, young Egbert had so hated his brothers calling him Egg that he changed his name to Edward. Edward R. Murrow, the R standing for Roscoe, soon was setting the standard for broadcast journalism during World War II with his reports from London. Journalist David Halberstam said of Murrow, the right man in the right place, a rare figure as good as his legend. Murrow later advised Charles Kuralt, just because you speak in a voice loud enough to be heard over television by 16 million people, that doesn't make you any smarter than you were when you spoke loudly enough to be heard only at the other end of the bar. Today is also the birthday in 1802 of American pioneering nurse and social activist Dorothea Dix, born in Hamden, Maine. Also the birthday in 1915 of African-American blues guitarist Muddy Waters. In 1928 of African-American writer Maya Angelou. In 1932 of American actor Anthony Perkins. In 1965 of American actor Robert Downey Jr. And in 1979 of American actress Natasha Leon. For more on Maine, I'm R.W. Estella with a word in Edgewise. Here's to the third week of spring.